Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Van Eyck, and in today's episode, I interview an industry professional who took the plunge into aquatics later in life, funding her passion and a business that continues to grow. Please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Karen Prouse. Karen started her swim school in 2014 in her backyard pool as a way of supporting her children through a gap year before they moved on to university. She'd spent many years travelling Victoria taking her children to swim meets and while at boarding school her children had qualified as swim teachers. So together they opened Prouse Swim School. Their numbers grew quickly and Karen realised there was a market for swimming lessons in Horsham and the surrounding area and hired a local indoor pool to continue lessons over winter while they invested in a heat pump and cover for their personal pool. Once updated, they moved the swim school back to their home pool and now have 700 plus swimmers attending lessons there. Kira noticed that some of her swim school families were driving big distances to attend lessons, even travelling from across the border in South Australia. Taking initiative, Kieran sourced another pool closer to the border and now has 200 plus swimmers moving through that facility as well. Early this year, Kieran expanded into another rural pool where her staff teach another 100 swimmers. Kieran shows you are never too old or young to find your passion and develop a business from hard work. Her passion is to share the water safety message and she goes above and beyond for her clients. Through today's episode, Karen shares some insights into her work as well as her thoughts on swimming and where she sees swimming and water safety moving to into the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Karen's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find her contact details and all of her information listed at the end of the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic journey, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com that's regional swim clinics at outlook.com we'd love to share your journey on our podcast to our listeners worldwide and i'm after stories from all over the world which can enhance and inspire those that are listening check out our website aquaticmentors.com.au for our season one ebooks and let's jump in and find out more about karen's journey in swimming so, Kieran, how did you start your journey in swimming? Okay, so it's a good question. Um, our son had always been a competitive swimmer. He swam with the Horsham Sharks and uh, then he moved to school as a boarder at Ballarat Grammar and he then swam with Mark Stahl and the Ballarat Gold Swimming Club. Jed became a state swimmer under Mark's guidance and I've pretty much followed him all over the state to different state competitions and country uh, competitions and while he was at boarding school Jed and his twin sister Becky gained their OSWIM qualification and worked for Mark as a swim teacher at Mark's swim school that was based out of the Ballarat Grammar pool that was a great way for them to earn a bit of pocket money to spend at McDonald's over the road from Grammar so that's sort of how I had been around swimming for quite a while um, I think the first competition Jed won was like the under 10s championship with um, Horsham Sharks so had been around swimming for a little while but had never taught swimming or been involved in a swim school but then come to the end of 2014 Jed and Becky had 
completed year 12 and they were wanting to have a gap year. So we thought, well, what are we going to do to earn some money for a gap year? And we already had a 12 metre solar heated pool in our backyard. So the idea came to perhaps create a Facebook page and just offer swimming lessons out of our home pool so within about four months we had around 150 kids coming each week for lessons and at that point I thought oh hang on there's a bit of a a market here obviously that needs to be um, tapped into and harnessed but of course by then we were starting to move into the cooler weather and uh, having an outdoor pool in Victoria in the middle of winter was as you would know, it's not really a possibility to continue swimming lessons in an outdoor pool in winter in Victoria. So I actually sourced a indoor pool at a motel up the road and we started hiring that pool to run our swimming lessons through the winter and our numbers still continued to grow. So, yeah, we thought, well, hang on a minute, there must be something else that we can do. So my husband started to look at heating options for our pool at home and he sourced an electric heat pump to put on our pool at home that would keep our pool water at around 32 degrees, which was lovely. But then, of course, it didn't help with the wind chill factor with the pool still being outside. So the next thing we thought we had to try and work out how we can enclose the pool and make it a bit more comfortable for everybody. It was good that the water was warm, but it was just still too cold outside. So again, my husband was doing a bit of Google research and he came across a company called the Total Pool Enclosure Company. They put retractable pool enclosures over swimming pools and they do them all over the world and in Australia. So we spoke to them for a little while, but of course that was going to be a bit of a huge investment. So we sort of put that just on hold for a minute and then we put a marquee over the pool but we soon found out that that wasn't going to work either because any time the wind blew up Larry was having to run out and make sure the whole thing wasn't going to blow away so we went back to the total pool enclosure company and we found that they'd had a um, enclosure installed on a pool in Castlemaine so we um, did a trip to Castlemaine and had a look at the enclosure over the pool there and it was just a what they call a low enclosure and it was over this gentleman's pool in his backyard and he'd actually installed it to keep the leaves out (laughs) of his pool so it wasn't one that you could have over the pool and still be able to walk around inside the pool but they did make them large enough for you still to be able to walk around inside of the pool so yeah we decided to talk further explore the options with the total pool enclosure company and yeah that all happened or it was manufactured overseas. I think it was manufactured in the Czech Republic from memory and then it was bought in a container out to Melbourne and they put it on a truck and trucked it up to us and then each part was carried in that, or they put a track down for a start for it to uh, sit on and then each part's carried in and, and all joined together and then it's totally enclosed the pool and you cannot push it back and open it so we can still have a pool that's outside in the summer or um, in the winter we've got the pool that's inside. So so we started in 2014 and by now with the enclosure it's mid-2016. We've got a fully enclosed heated pool. Jed and Becky have headed off to university and left me holding the baby, so to speak. They went <laughs> off to study in their various fields. So, But I was lucky enough to be able to find an experienced teacher to join our team. And Lucy came to work for us as our main teacher after Jed and Becky had left. 
And then also in 2016, I decided it was perhaps time I became a qualified teacher. So I did the Oswim Teacher of Water Safety course and started to take a few classes. I had a background in bookkeeping and actually I ran my own bookkeeping business whilst the swim school was growing. But as our numbers continued to grow, it was obvious that the bookkeeping business and the swim school were just yeah too hard to run together. So I closed the bookkeeping business and solely concentrated on the swim school. During 2016, we also decided that keeping track of the growing enrolment numbers and our timetable manually was not the most effective way to conduct a business. So again, I resorted to Google to find a swim school booking system and I came across Simply Swim and we've never looked back with how we run the timetable and admin side of our business now with Simply Swim. So and then fast forward to 2021, we're here now with um, peak enrolments of around 700 kids in term one and term four. It's a little bit quieter in term two and term three, just still in our 12 metre pool in our backyard. Uh, We have, of course, over the past years built a bit of a dedicated change area with shower and toilet. We've also converted our garage into an entrance for the swim school and the change area is the exit. That sort of came about when COVID happened with having to have separate entry and exit points back in 2020. They were encouraging you to have that. So we developed that. And even now we've sort of, you don't have to have entry, different entry and exit points. We've kept it that way because it was working really good coming in through the garage and out through the change rooms. At this point, I probably should mention that we live out of town a little bit. So we're on an acre and a quarter. So we don't have issues with parking when you think we've got you know 700 children coming through that's a lot of people driving our driveway but we are out of town a little bit and we're on a big block so that uh, helps with that issue Uh, we recently uh, updated our sanitize sanitization system for the pool too so we have an ozone and uv system which gives us a high quality of water with those number of people coming through the pool that was important uh, to us so that's what's happening here at our pool at home we had quite a few families travel over an hour to see us so an hour here and then an hour home so from all different directions we even have some people who come from South Australia so over the border to come and have lessons with us so we started to look at the possibility of expanding and sourcing other pools outside the region so or outside of Horsham so in the start of this year, 2021, we were lucky enough to source the um, pool at the Neil Hospital. They've just built a fantastic hydrotherapy pool, a beautiful six by eight pool. So I've negotiated with the hospital at getting lessons started up there. So we hire the pool from them and we see about 200 kids a week up in Neil as well. So that saves the parents that were coming down from Nil and doing, you know, a two-hour round trip for swimming lessons, they can now have uh, swimming lessons just five minutes from home. So that has been just great for the whole community of Nil. And we have people from Carnarvon and also over the South Australian border come to have swimming lessons with us in Nil. And then just this term, so in, at the start of term three, we started lessons at Warwicknabeel. There's a Woodbine Incorporated it's called over there which is a centre for people with disabilities and they've had a pool built there it's probably 
maybe 25 years old at pool and um, they've allowed us to hire that too. So now we're offering swimming lessons out of Warwick Nabil and we've got about 100 kids coming to have swimming lessons over there. This term we haven't had much of a go over there, of course, with in and out of lockdowns. I think we've done three Mondays over there and then each every other second Monday we've been in lockdowns. But we're hoping once we get past this whole COVID thing that we'll continue to grow our numbers in Warwick Nabil and offer a service to people over there that they don't have to travel for either. So going back to 2014 and here we are, 2021, I never, ever expected that our business would grow like it has. But over the years, I just gained a real passion for teaching swimming and seeing how important it is for kids to start at a young age. And I have a real interest in babies, getting babies in the water soon and, yeah, just giving them the opportunity to uh, not only learn a skill that might save their life one day, but it helps with, you know, all the other things that, that go with learning to swim, like your fine motor skills and being able to follow instructions and be happy to, you know, mix with other people and socialise with, yeah, different people. So, and it's a good outlet for the mums too to be able to, yeah, pack up and come to swimming. So that's where it all started, really. Wow. <laughs> what a story to go from starting just in your backyard for the purpose of giving your children a job and then to be able to go into a, a motel pool and build that so you've got year round. Mm. Um, and then from there it becoming your baby, the kids have gone away yeah. and you've developed such an amazing service and mm. you've expanded that into other towns. I mean, myself knowing from coming from regional areas, having a hundred kids going through in a facility that would never have had normal swimming lessons. No. It's mm. absolutely amazing that you can achieve that. And then mm. these children are getting water safety skills. And I know Warwick Nabil has a, a great swimming club coming out of yes. it as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope that, yeah, with Warwick Nabil we can tap into that swimming club as well. And these kids that are now starting to learn from, from babies will then be a base to, yeah, move on to swim club and, yeah, help keep that as a, a community activity in the town. So, And how yeah. good is it going to be that the kids that you teach are going to go on to swim club and then yeah. eventually they'll get old enough to be able to then turn around and maybe work for you as well as a swim teacher? Mm. Mm. So that It's just going to generate so much for that community, whether it be mm. the actual safety side and also employment as well. Yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And to come from your backyard where you've then also developed the facility, not just, mm. you know, you've looked to improve it and to offer a better service. I think it's amazing because a lot of people would just go, oh, I'll only do it summer. I've got a bit of work mm. coming in then and give up, um, mm. but to continue pushing it. Yeah, no, we could see the demand was there. So, yeah, and and just as it grew, just my, my love for it and my passion for it and just to see the smiles on the kids' faces and, you know, I thought this is really what I was meant to do. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to what I was meant to do, but I got there and that's why I think you should never give up on thinking that, yeah, something's not possible or you're too old or you're too something or other or you're too remote or anything like that. It's if you're passionate about something, it will happen and it will evolve. So, yeah, yes. it certainly did for us. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, you're a perfect image of what can actually happen. That if mm. if you put away those excuses and just give it a go, what mm. you can build and, and what can come of it and how you can help people in the meantime. I know 
you know, for years I've always thought, oh, I'll do a little swim school in Pyramid and my husband and I have always talked and it's always been, oh, no, rural areas, you won't get enough people. But mm. you know, to have 100 people going through a facility mm. that wouldn't have had it otherwise, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. <laughs> I hope you've been celebrating these wins on the way. Yeah, when we have time. I mean, <laughs> to have that many kids, you know, with 700 kids coming through home in peak time, you know, we're running lessons from 7.30 in the morning till 7 o'clock at night. So there's not a lot of downtime, but my husband has just resigned from his job away from home. So now he's full-time, helps me at home. So, yeah, because somebody has to get up and have the pool ready by 7.30 and then someone has to clean up at the end of the day It's after 7 o'clock. So, yeah, having Laurie on board now to help and be home full time to help with those sort of things it's been been great too but we get a Sunday off to to celebrate to have a bit of a rest and then yeah school holidays we try and have a a break you know a few people have said like run holiday program we do run holiday programs in January but the other weeks of school holidays we don't because we just find it is fairly full-on with people here every day during the week we do lessons on Saturday as well so yeah come school holidays we do like to have a bit of a break and yeah have a rest so yeah that's it you know when you come to Sunday it's mm-hmm. bed out in front of the tv or yeah. you take time to yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last thing you want is over that time when it's your break I think mm. also you know you need the break your teachers need the break mm, they do yeah we've had people ask kids do yeah, we've had people ask, do we do lessons on Sunday? And, you know, there probably would be a market if we did lessons on Sundays. But just at the moment, we're sticking with the five days plus Saturday, we go until about three o'clock. So that's pretty much six days a week. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. At some stage, you've got to think about yourself as well. Mm, yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. Wow, 700. That's fantastic. Mm. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned in your swimming journey? Just to uh, seek out, like, information, I think it's just you're never too old to learn stuff. So I've always tried to make sure I'm, you know, attend lots of conferences or professional development days and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, stay up to date with what, what's happening and also to be, yeah, just prepared for anything that a parent might throw at you, I guess. <laughs> always got to just try and be prepared for parents that come out with funny questions but that's all just part of the part of the whole journey and I say to parents you know no question is silly like you have parents ask when they're first coming to swimming lessons what do they need to bring and will their six-month child need to have a parent in the water and that sort of stuff so I think just to be very tolerant and just understand that yeah, new parents it's all new to them so to have patience with some of the questions you get asked so that's from the parent side of you or from our family side of you but then on a more personal and professional note just to be open to learning like just to be open to learning all the time and not be frightened to ask questions that you think oh that might be a dumb question but there's no dumb questions when it comes to what's going to help our children become safe around water so and that goes for both our parents and for the staff and then for myself too. So, yeah, just don't be afraid of asking questions. Yeah, and that's right. That's the only way we can learn is by getting ourselves out there and asking those questions. I mean, just mm-hmm. as you said with the parents, 
So, you know, when it comes to your parents, them having those questions and coming to you, we can oversee it and think, oh man, what a silly question, you know. You should know that, of course, your kid's going to need someone in the water at six months. Mm. They can't swim by themselves. But for us as aquatic professionals, we've been there. We know that stuff. You know, we sort of forget these parents are first out, that they've got, you know, no idea when they Mm. come in. Um, No idea. No, it's all fresh. We've got to mould them and teach them and let them know how it all works. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But then also we need to do that for ourselves. And I think out as you are in a regional area, it's can be on to yourself to be able to take on those professional development ideas and you know your own circumstances so whereas in other places it can be easy just to go somewhere but mm. those questions are what expands your knowledge and what builds on the service that you give so to have that advice is absolutely fantastic to really keep asking and keep in delving into what you need to know Mm, yeah no definitely no no questions silly <laughs> definitely not it's one thing yeah. I always say at the start of my presentations and my yeah. talks is you you've, yeah no questions silly because I've asked that and I'm probably still going to ask them again and again yeah yeah I know my mentors no. just go oh not again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good so out of the amazing journey that you've had in swimming so far what's been your biggest highlight or has there been a few different little ones the biggest highlight, and this is an easy one, is just having the opportunity to be able to travel to different conferences and different places around the world. Because in 2018, I went to the Nordic Baby Swim Conference in Iceland. And like, if it hadn't been for the swim school, I would never have been able to do that. But just the highlight of being able to go to somewhere like that and listen to people from all over the world talk about baby swimming and yeah just swimming in general and just to network with people from all over the world and to be able to bounce ideas off each other I just think that would have to be the highlight the the opportunities that you get to be able to travel and learn so I think my first conference that I went to was actually the Astra conference in on the Gold Coast and yeah, I just thought it was just a three-day one that I went to by myself and was my first one. And I can remember coming away and just thinking, wow, there's just so much I can learn from these different people and from going to these things. So I think the next one I went to was actually down on, in Coolangatta. It was an off-swim one. And Mel from Aquatics Down Under was talking about the uh, yeah Nordic Baby Swim Conference that she'd been to, I think it was in Sweden, and I can remember her saying to the in her presentation, the next one's in Iceland in 2018. So if anybody wants to go, and I straight away thought then, oh, that's you know that's my goal. I want to go and listen to people at at that conference. So lucky enough to be able to do that. So I think yeah, probably a highlight. My highlight is that just being able to go to conferences and travel, yeah, to all different places over the world and listen to different people has been, yeah, really great. Like that, to go there and listen to people and gain knowledge was just phenomenal. Made contact with Alina Sari too from Aquatots in Canberra. Yeah, we made contact. She was a presenter in Iceland and just then to be able to, yeah, just listen to her and what, she's been able to achieve in Canberra and then try and replicate that and bring it back to your own swim school has just helped me to um, 
yeah, just inspired me to try and grow and, and introduce things in our swimming program that has been tried and tested all over the, the world and, and we know how it works. So, yeah, that was probably one of my, my biggest highlights. Wow, what an opportunity to even mm. go over to Iceland in the first place from mm. Australia um, and then to take out of it so much. And like you said, you have that passion and babies and to be mm. able to delve into that a lot more and learn from the professionals mm. what an amazing opportunity it would definitely be a highlight mm. and then to come and, and build that into your facility and what you teach and what you know I think to be able to share that with others that's yeah fantastic yeah we've traveled over Australia to different conferences then but most recently we went to Singapore and that was just before the, all the COVID stuff started with that was the Australian Swim Schools conference and just to be able to network with people there and just gain knowledge and like I'm a bit of a sponge whenever I go to any of those conferences I just think I just hang off everybody's word because I regard myself as a bit of a newbie really like it's not like I've been around the industry as long as like a lot of other people have so to be able to go and listen to presenters and network with people that have been doing it for a long time is yeah really beneficial and great to be able to bring back those ideas to your own business yeah does it make you feel less isolated by doing that yeah I think so in the industry like they're so willing to share knowledge like I think that's what I love about this whole industry too is you know they're not frightened of sharing ideas that have worked or things that haven't worked or yeah just being able to share with each other they're not not thinking about oh you know you might take business away from me or you know you might do something you know better than me it's just all about sharing yeah that's the whole industry is really about sharing and caring for each other and I suppose that's even been highlighted more through this whole COVID debacle yeah the whole industry has has come together and and people have shared ideas on things to do with COVID and all that sort of stuff to help us get through this difficult time so yeah the industry is as a whole has just been amazing I, I think I don't know any other industry like industry that's yeah so willing to share information with each other yeah, and I think that's it. It's the way that we share, the way that we inspire others. You know, there's been many times I've gone to a conference and gone, oh, can I borrow that? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and you go to other ones and the, the presenters there say, don't reinvent the wheel, adapt mm-hmm. what's already been done. And I think that's fantastic that we can share that stuff and then use it to better our own services and the lives of the kids because that's it. We're teaching a life-saving skill the more we can share, the more we can help others succeed, the more kids are going to be then protected. That's right. Yeah, we've all got the end goal, the same thing. We want to have our kids safe around water so everyone's got the same goal in mind so they're all willing to share. And like you say, it's no point in reinventing the wheel, just share it with others and work towards having a, a country that's full of yeah children that are going to be safe around water. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's also... Our uniqueness as an industry, I mean, yourself with the bookkeeping or other businesses, they are about clientele. We need more clients. We need mm. clients to spend more money. It becomes that very much focus. We, And also I think in some areas where swimming's not, you know, there's not swimming swim schools everywhere where no. as there is, you know, there's retail shops everywhere, there's restaurants mm. everywhere. It's more of a, a unique market. So people mm. are more willing to share and help to out. To share, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So was there anyone that's played a big role in your journey, like a mentor or a friend? 
Well, I'd have to say, like, I'd, I wouldn't regard him as a, an actual friend, but I just love Laurie Lawrence. Like, I don't sort of know him personally, but, you know, we're members of Worldwide Swim School and I've listened to Laurie present at so many conferences and I guess his passion and along with his daughters, their passion, yeah, getting the the uh, water safety message out there and getting kids involved in swimming lessons. Like, just sort of hang off every word he says. I just love listening to him. So, and his platform of Worldwide Swim School has just been beneficial for our staff. Like, I have it so that our staff can log in and do the modules, and yeah, we're all teaching the same way. And yeah, so I've just loved being able to watch Laurie and his way of teaching and I've visited uh, his swim school up at Benora when I went on a conference up there and I guess just being able to he's a public figure so you can follow anything that he does and been very successful in the industry so yeah I really enjoy enjoy following him and and watching and learning from him I guess so he's probably been my biggest role model that I've liked to to follow and uh yeah, try and get all the teachers involved in his methods of teaching as well. And I think that's the thing Stephen said it last week in his podcast that they don't have to know that they're mentor for you. It can be, you know, as you said, a role model, a public figure, mm. a figure that you can follow and learn from. There's mm. so many opportunities that Laurie talks about and presents and that you can pick up all those little bits of information but also when you do get to see him he is a fantastic guy to be able to go up and just chat to and yeah always got time for people yeah 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 no I have spoken to him personally like at conferences and that as well but like he speaks to a lot of people yeah that's right Um, but he's always got he's always got time for you and you know he's very passionate we all know that he's very passionate about what he does and so I like to try and mirror that with our passion for for in our swim school too yeah and it's fantastic that he's got that service that you can draw on and like you have put it in out there for your staff to Mm. be able to use and take from because developing that and using that and then like you said that you're all on the same page you're teaching the same thing the same way Mm. Um, it means that there's a lot more consistency yes yeah yeah no definitely Mm. I like that good work well, there you are, Laurie, if you're listening. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a plug for his worldwide swim school too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so what advice would you give to a, a new swim teacher or a coach on the other side coming into the industry? Well, I say to all my staff is, yeah, like the ability to be able to learn, like just be like I have been, just hungry for information. So I think if you're a new swim teacher coming into the industry, yeah, don't be afraid to ask the silly questions and don't be afraid to source out professional development days and attend different conferences and just be a sponge like I said like I have been with all the conferences that I've gone to I think yeah you're never too old or you never know everything there's always something to learn we've got a good program going here with our swim teachers we have a base of swim teachers and then I've also employed assistant swim teachers so I get young girls and boys from you know, even before the age of 15, I can get a work permit for them and they've started work for us and they work alongside 
the swim teacher and they're just an assistant when well, they're not just an assistant they're an assistant and they're learning so they're starting their their journey of learning to be a swim teacher from a very young age and I think then once they're old enough to be able to do the course and then old enough to be signed off by the time they're you know 16 or 17 they're going to be well versed on um what a good swim teacher looks like and what a good swim teacher needs to do so yeah just having those assistant swim teachers source out and and learn from the teachers that they're following in their classes and yeah then also source out and read and yeah just look for any extra information that they can find to help them along the way like I said being a sponge and getting more information in is the best way and never being afraid to ask questions yeah 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 and that is exactly it to never be afraid to ask questions learn as much as you can and like you said even if it's from books or videos or professional development days to take that time I also like the fact and I've noticed it the more I go around and present that the difference in an instructor for those ones that have started early and mm. taken that time and gone in and been mentored mm. by experienced instructors mm. um, makes such a difference when they come to the time to do their workshop their and course. their course. Yeah, yeah mm. you can see that they already know a lot of the stuff mm. and then the presenter ends up just, I suppose, reaffirming what they already know. Mm. and they're a lot easier to work with and to be able to share so I think that's fantastic the more time you put in in the back end and the start of their career the Mm. better they're going to be when they come out and they're fully qualified and they Mm. become you know those independent teachers for you Mm. we all know the swim teachers are hard to come by it's right across the world actually swim teachers are hard to come by so I like to think that these young people that we're training up here being from a regional area will eventually lose them possibly some may not but I know a few of my girls are going to leave me next year because they're finishing year 12 but I'm hoping then that they go off to study in a bigger city and then they'll be a swim teacher at a swim school somewhere in Melbourne or a swim school somewhere in Adelaide or Brisbane or wherever they decide to go so I'm hoping that by having these assistant teachers come through early that we're building up a bit of a pool of swim teachers for the wider community to be able to tap into down the track because yeah we all know how hard getting swim teachers is so just having these swim teachers that have been around as assistants and then they've gone on and and done the course and then they've stayed on and worked for a little while and they've gained a lot of knowledge and asked questions and yeah they'll be be great people to go out into the workforce to work as a swim teacher while they're studying at uni or also I've encouraged them I try to say it's it's not just you know an after school job I've got one girl who's been working for me now and she's doing a placement on a Tuesday as a VCAL and she doesn't want to go off to uni next year so I've said you know how did I've got plenty of work for you next year if you want to stay and you know there's no like being a swim teacher as a full-time job is perfectly okay it doesn't have to be just an after-school job or it doesn't have to be not a career like you can come into the office and learn lots of stuff with me and who knows one day you might go on and manage a centre yourself so yeah trying to encourage those young people to look at it as not just a job to fill up time while they're at uni it can be a job that can be a career like Lucy that I spoke about first when we first started she worked for me for a couple of years and then she moved away and now she's moved back here with us and that's her full-time job she works for me now for 
30 hours a week and you know that's she loves just loves doing it and we can tell that she loves doing it because she's one of our most popular teachers so yeah it can be a career it doesn't have to be just a job to fill in until you decide to do something else yeah and that's it and that's I think what we need to share out of the industry is to be able to say yeah it's not just that filling job while you do school or while you're university Mm. you can make the career out of it there are so many options to go through and it takes Uh, swim school owners like yourself to be able to share that knowledge with the kids because they know they come in after school but do they know that you run throughout the day with lessons Mm. you know how many kids are coming through and and to teach them that earlier on and that there is no stigmatism to the role that you know they can get in there and they can achieve so much like you've said they can go on and continue a management career in aquatics Mm. Mm. yeah definitely yeah that's fantastic and Hopefully, you know, everyone's getting on board and doing that same thing because the more we promote it, the better it looks and the more people we can get to stay in the industry. Yeah, yeah. So for you, what does swimming look like into the future? (laughs) I'd love to win Tats Lotto (laughs) and I would love to be able to build a purpose-built facility. We have actually discussed that because, you know, when I I talk about us having 700 kids here and, you know, 200 kids in Neil and 100 kids in in Warwick-Nabeel, I just think if we had a purpose-built facility, one thing we've never done with our swim school is advertise because I just don't have the space to be able to fit any more in and everybody that's come to us has come to us by word of mouth. So I don't advertise. So I think if I had you know, a spare couple of million dollars <laughs> floating around, I'd build a purpose-built facility and in a heartbeat we could double those numbers. We could have 1,500 kids. You know, all we'd have to do is run a bit of an advertising campaign and we'd have 1,500 kids in a heartbeat. So, and I think there's a need for it in this area. Like we've never had the opportunity to have a purpose-built swim school. So it would be great. You know, Horsham's a growing town. Like We've got lots of industries here that are going to bring in and lots of new industries that are going to bring in people to the town. And we all know that, you know, city living people are trying to do maybe a tree change. They want to get out of the city, particularly with all the COVID stuff. It's made people reassess what's important in life. So I think we're going to find that regional areas will attract more people and we're never going to run out of we're never going to run out of children. <laughs> you know, they've always <laughs> they're always being babies coming along. And that's the thing with um, our numbers too. You know, we've got people that started with us with their first child in 2014. And, you know, they've gone on and had child number two, child number three, or even child number four. And so they've all come through. So that's another reason why we've never advertised too, is because, you know, you've once you've got a family with one child, well, chances are you're going to end up with a family of yeah, two or three or four kids coming through your swim school. So, yeah, I would love to think that maybe one day we could uh, find perhaps an investor that can see my vision and can see that a swim purpose-built facility in Horsham would be something that would benefit the community and financially it would be a good investment as well you know it's going to benefit all the kids in in the area to help you know with that life-saving skill but it's also going to be a viable investment so we have had some plans drawn up and we did have our name on a block of land but then with all the COVID stuff we sort of put it on hold for a while and yeah so we're, we're still we're still hoping that maybe we might find an investor to come on board and and help us yeah make this dream 
a reality with being able to expand our numbers, you know, d- double our numbers from 700 to 1,500 or, or more or beyond, really. And I think like, I'd love to see that babies, like I really think we need to promote our swimming at the maternal and child health stage like as soon as that baby is born you know as soon as it takes its first breath I think parents need to be thinking about swimming lessons I know as a mum and a dad there's lots of things to think about when you bring a new baby home but as soon as that child takes its first breath swimming lessons should be one of the things that they start to think about and I would love to be able to promote it more with our Aquabubs classes that we have where we start from six weeks of age. I'd love to have run more of those classes, but I simply don't have room on our timetable. We run three of them a week now, and I could probably run more if I promoted it more, but I can't promote it more because we don't have room in the timetable because you've got all those preschoolers and and after-school time slots filled up with school-age kids. So, yeah, I would love to be able to get into more of the infant side of things with a a bigger purpose-built facility that would allow me to be able to expand into that sort of stuff because I was reading an interesting blog the other day I had a lady say to me you know that her child wasn't progressing as she thought that they should be and I said well you know with all the interruptions with COVID and also like it only has to be that they're sick one week and they can't come and then the next two weeks we're locked down so when you realistically look at it little Johnny hasn't been in the pool for very many lessons at all Um, and then I was reading an interesting blog that I shared with her which said children under the age of three don't really have the capacity to be able to remember too much unless they're using it so it's more the use it or lose it scenario so because she was debating whether she should stop altogether and I just you know tried to say to her well history shows and experience shows that no you know this little fella's only like 18 months old what whatever he's learnt now if he doesn't use that when he comes back at three he's not going to remember any of it and we're going to be back to having a three-year-old that won't put their face in the water and it's a nightmare to wash their hair and all that sort of stuff so yeah just being able to have a facility that could get children from six weeks of age in the water and being back immersed in that environment that they've been in when they've been in the womb you know they're surrounded by water and just being able to to come out and get straight back into that so a lot of my friends have started to have grandchildren and they all like joke at me you know laugh at me when the baby arrives they're all rolling their eyes and I was like Karen I suppose you're going to want to tell us where we should start swimming lessons <laughs> so and I say yes and I, I find out where their um, son or daughter's living and research a swim school close by and get good recommendations so I can refer them to them so yeah and I've done that in Melbourne and in Adelaide I've got a good friend who's got a daughter that lives in Adelaide and so yeah they got their child into swimming lessons straight away after a recommendation for a swim school or got him in at very early age and I just think that that it's where we need to market. I really think like different conferences and that that I've been to, I think, you know, they talked about like marketing strategies and that. And I said, I would just really think that the child and maternal health nurse at a stage is that's where we need to get in some marketing. You know, we need to have a leaflet in that bag that they get from the hospital or bounty bag I think it used to be called we need to have a you know some leaflet in there about learning to swim and I think Kids Alive did the five used to have a book or a video that they put in their bounty bag but I used to ask the mums that would come when I started the Aquabubs classes you know did you get that in your bounty bag and they sort of say oh no I don't think we did so I don't know whether there was a bit of a breakdown there with 
it wasn't getting out to the regional areas. I'm not sure, but I think we need to really promote it at the maternal and child health nurse stage. So, yeah, what it would look like for me in the future would be, yeah, if I won Tatsoto or found an investor, I would love to have a purpose-built facility that targeted infants and we started that whole wonderful learn to swim journey from a very very early age yeah and that's it it is just about offering and like you said you've already got that passion for the babies and that side and getting them earlier so yeah having that facility where you can cater for the area once you tap into that market they then hopefully will continue on you've got that opportunity to embrace and help them embrace swimming so they continue Mm. on for the future yeah it would be amazing if there's anyone out there that can help (laughs) it would be great (laughs) yeah we need more purpose-built facilities in regional areas and you know the difference you can make because of that Mm. and I like your idea of tapping into those maternal child health nurses I know you know when I had my children I had them in Melbourne and we received the Laurie Lawrence DVD in our bounty bag Mm. and that's how I found out about it and really started developing my passion again for swimming because Mm. of that to be able to give that to other parents but also for the maternal child health nurse when they're there telling you normally what's wrong with your child and you know what you need to do you can Mm. they can also share well swimming can develop your child in this way and you can see such a big difference so educate that market as well yeah really tap right back into the Mm. start of a child's because mm. we yeah because we all know like the earlier they start the better and then like the, the whole flow-on effect of everything like learning to swim like I love getting videos from my families when they're away on holidays and you know they, they send me videos of the kids playing in the pool and you know they get comments from other families about how well their child can swim at such a young age I just think the whole flow-on effect of starting early is just it's amazing and it and it should be something that yeah the whole industry needs to tap into and try and get get out there that you need to start early so I try and send the link to the kids alive do the five website which has got some great bath time stuff to do with a newborn whenever I have anybody that makes an inquiry I always send them that link so that I think well they can get started in the bath and then also when we've got you know someone that's got a a two-year-old or three-year-old and I see that they're pregnant and they're about to have their second or third baby and I send them the link and say make sure you look at this and you know you can do this as soon as you get home from hospital and yeah all that sort of stuff so it's just about educating them out there so that they learn because not so bad if it's their second baby they know if they've already been in lessons with us but sometimes yeah it's just reassuring them that can do this stuff with a newborn it's not going to be detrimental to them or it's not going to hurt them or anything you just need to give them that reassurance that it's a perfectly natural thing to do and you can start doing it as soon as they come home from hospital that's perfect that you're taking the initiative to share that I mean it is a great idea for swim schools to be able to share that other knowledge that external Mm. knowledge that they can tap into and like you said they can start from in bars at home and start those skills off it's something that I think you know a lot of swim schools may miss they try and market to pull to get the kids in but they forget about giving those resources and helping them and it just brings your swim school to the front of mind every time someone thinks Mm. about that stuff there's ah we know we've got to go to there they they've helped us before we know that swim school Mm. it it benefits everyone yeah yeah no it does 
we need more passion like this in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, it's a passion that came late, but I'm so glad that it came that I found it. Yeah, that's right. Yep, you've been able to tap into, like mm. you said, what you were put on the earth for. Mm, that's exactly right. Yep. Yep. So, how can we as an individual and an industry promote and develop Learn to Swim and also the competitive side to encourage more participants? But can we do that all with less funding? Mm. I saw this question and I was, yeah, racking my brain. I thought this is going to be the hardest one to answer. I think so. It's just what I spoke about then is getting it into like the maternal and child health nurse side of things. But then also I find swimming, I don't know, in in regional areas, I think it's harder to see swimming as a sport, Mm. you know, because we're so focused on football and cricket. I just think back to when Jed went to Ballarat Grammar, I can remember him saying to me, if I had a dollar for everyone who asked me if I played football or cricket, he said, oh, you know, I'd have enough pocket money for the next <laughs> for the rest of the year. Because he didn't play football or cricket, he swam. That was his sport. Swimming was his sport. And so he really felt, yeah, a bit inadequate, I suppose, because he was he didn't play football and he didn't play cricket. So he had to get in the pool that and you know, he did very well with his swimming. So but I feel like he felt like he had to prove that swimming was a real sport and so yeah particularly in regional areas I think it's hard for us to develop yeah the competitive side of swimming and get it seen to be a sport and I try and tell my kids you know if they play football or netball or any other sport during the summer tennis or cricket I say that playing football is not going to complement your swimming but doing swimming is going to complement your football so or, or the same with netball playing netball is not going to help with your swimming but swimming is going to help with your netball and I try to say to them swimming is, is so beneficial for all your other sports that you're going to do so I guess just trying to promote the idea that swimming is an actual sport so I mean we only just have to look at the Olympics I guess and that might have helped us get a bit more recognition out there that you know, you can make a living from sport and you can be successful in a sport like swimming. It doesn't have to be, you know, football or, or cricket that you do your best at. But, you know, I think it is a challenge in the regional area for us to change that mentality that swimming is actually a sport. And I'm not sure how we do that, Katrina. And that is it. You know, a lot of kids don't recognise swimming as a sport. It's something you do over summer to keep yourself mm. fit, a bit of fun. A lot of them don't realise, and I've found this when I've run school programs, I said to the boys in the class that I was doing, and I think they were year nine, year 10, and they go, oh, why are we here? You know, I want to bloody do swimming. And I said, well, this stuff's going to help your football over, and the same with the girls, netball, over winter. And they said, well, what are you talking about? I said, well, look at this as pre-season training. Mm, You're going in, you're with the swimming, you're building your lung capacity, you're doing your starts, you're building your reaction times, you're going to be able to run faster for longer, you're going to be able to jump higher. All of that comes into it because of the all-round activity that swimming is. They looked at it in another perspective. They were taking it on and they were actually giving it a go because it became a bit of a competition then because if I do this, I'm going to be better at football. I can build up my stamina and things like that. It is something that, yeah, we need to put it out there that it is a sport that it is a sport nonstop. Mm. That's just what it is. And it's a flow through of what you can do from that learn to swim side. You can be successful at it 
I think also it takes a bit more dedication than what, say, your football netball does mm-hmm. in these lower country levels. Mm. And, yeah, I think it is just, a, yeah, putting it out there and promoting it and showing that it is a sport in regional Victoria or regional Australia that you can do that really mm. encompasses a lot more of that physical alertness and awareness of your body. Mm. Yeah, no, that's what I say to the kids all the time. It's just it's something that you'll be able to, like I've, you know, got 13 or 14-year-olds now and I say to them, like, if you learn to swim, you'll be able to do that when you're 80 or 90. You won't be playing football yeah. when you're 80 or 90, but if you learn to swim properly now, you're going to be able to swim when you're well past your football career. So, yeah, just trying to promote it from that side of things is is what we need to do. But, again, with the size of our pool, you know, I'm a bit limited. That's why, like, if we could build a purpose-built facility, we'd have a, a longer pool so we could get more kids into like the competitive side of things and and want to stay and then join swimming club but we're a bit restricted with the size of our pool at the moment with how they want to go into the competitive side of it they do need to move on to swim club and then yeah just educating the parents to think of swim club as a sport you know they're quite okay to take their kids to football or netball training every Tuesday and Thursday night and to get up at you know, earlier in the morning and travel sometimes two hours to play a sport. Yeah, we need to educate the parents that swimming is a sport too. And we, you know, you might have to get up early <laughs> to go to swim training, but you won't have to stay out in the cold watching <laughs> because you're right. like, it's likely that you'll be inside. Yeah, I'm not sure how we get the education out there to parents and kids though to try and look at it at as more of a sport particularly in regional areas I think it's different in the cities I don't think they have the challenges maybe it's easier to get them to see it as a sport because there's more facilities available but in regional areas I think we're a bit more challenged particularly if you haven't got an indoor pool you know like around where you live I know there's not an indoor pool so you can't do it all year round so yeah and it makes it hard it's limiting I think I know you know many areas struggle with it too but it is that promotion. I think it, presenters or people on the podcast have said before in the episodes, there's nice. that gap between learn to swim and then flowing onto the competitive side. Mm. There is that mm. gap of that flowing them through. They stop. Yeah, I think that needs to be like a pre-club thing because I've had that too. You know, we've had a few kids that have uh, gone and tried out with the swimming club here. But, you know, they're swimming 12 metres here with me and then all of a sudden we went in the summer, did a bit of a try in the summer, all of a sudden they're asked to swim 50 metres in the outdoor pool. Well, they struggled and then that puts them off, you know, and they think, oh, I'm not good enough. But you try to say to them, well, once you've swum, 50 meter pool a few times you're going to increase your lung capacity you know you're going to improve but they just get put off by going there and doing it once and expecting that they can swim 50 meters I think there's some sort of need for like a pre-club thing and I guess that would be like a a a thing that I would be passionate about if we had a bigger pool we'd have like a a pre-club group that built up their capacity for longer distances and then they would feel more comfortable with going to join the swim club yeah that's a really Mm. good point and I find it here with where we are it's 33 meter pools 
Um, mm. And you can see when they, you know, the ones that are doing well in the 33 metres and then you take them to school swim sports and the carnivals where they've got to go to the 50 metre pool. Yeah. And our guys are always in front until that 33 metres and then they <laughs> die off. And it's the yeah. ones that can do the 50 have built that stamina. Mm. And I made a big thing here of pushing. Okay, we're all going to do 66. So we're going to do two laps every single mm. time. You're not going to stop. You're going to do two laps. You can stop off the two lights to build that stamina and mm. to hopefully mean that then once they go into 15 meter pool, well, they're not going to be tired at 15 meters because they have to make the 66. Yeah, yeah. So far, I haven't seen the outcome of that in regards mm. to, you know, whether it's expanded. It's something that I think would take a few years to be able to see mm. that has developed. But yeah, there's nothing to be able to compete in a 50 meter pool. You do need to have that Train, experience yeah. training in a 50. Training in a 50 meter pool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, being able to have access to sort of pre-club thing where you can build up to that. And yeah, instead of sort of going from learn to swim straight to, into a, a club where you're expected to swim 50 meters. I think that's puts a few people off and just the yeah, the perception of, oh, I don't think I'm good enough. Like they just, yeah, I'm not sure how we how we change that. Yeah. Moving from learn to swim to a swimming club, there's got to be a bit of a, a gap thing in between where they can do it and then they can build up their confidence and build up their stamina to be able to compete in a 50-metre pool or train in a 50-metre pool. Yeah, and that's it. It is that bridging the gap and building up their confidence and then building up the stamina mm-hmm. as well to be able to connect and, you know, even if they do swim in a 50-metre pool, going out and racing compared to just doing learn to swim in a 50-metre pool is totally different as well. Mm, um, yes. It yeah. takes a lot more confidence, a lot more stamina just to do that. Mm. So that bridging yeah. gap would make such a big difference. Mm. Um, we just need to find that successful program and replicate it, like you said. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's amazing your journey and what you've developed in an area where previous it wasn't there, taking the initiative and Mm. tapped into the services that people have been wanting and asking for and to build it up to such an amazing service with over 700 kids locally at your home pool um, Mm. and then another 300 at two other venues. I think that's absolutely amazing. It really puts my thoughts to shame in regards to when I say, (laughs) oh, regional areas, we haven't got the population, things like that, but yeah yeah to be able to do that and advance children in that way and to share your passion and to take those opportunities like you said it's amazing for you to be able to do that and to be able to give back as well no I feel I'm just sort of humbled about the way we've the way it has been successful like I just think I never ever started off thinking that you know I wanted to grow this empire and this is what I wanted to do and I wanted to make you know a lot of money out of it it was never anything that I really yeah thought would end up like this and yeah my main reason for doing it is because of how it helps the kids and yeah just love seeing them progress and just I'm just humbled about the support that we've had from the local families. You know, the local families have just been, yeah, I'm just in awe of how much they've supported us. And, and yeah, I guess we've proven we've got results with kids, so they've continued to support us. And, yeah, I've been very lucky with the staff I've had. Like, I've got amazing staff that, yeah, have been really terrific and have been willing to learn and grow as teachers themselves. So that's all helped and got an amazing husband that's, put up with it all too so 
been a wonderful journey, not something that I thought, you know, in 2014, I never thought that I would be sitting here in, you know, 2021 talking on a podcast about how our little swim school business has grown like it has. So, yeah, it's just been a wonderful, unexpected experience. That's fantastic. And like you said, you're never too old to give it a go. Never. No never too even never too young to give it a go as well no no just get rid of the excuses and jump in and hopefully Mm. find a nice husband or partner or wife Mm. that yeah Mm. is there to be able to support you and put you through and I think that's fantastic to for you to to be able to do that to be able to take the courage and be brave enough to step into it and to take your the start of what was a little swim school and build it into as you said an empire (laughs) <laughs> the Wimmera Swim School Empire that's coming yeah. along. <laughs> Never in my wildest dreams do I expect it to be like this. But I like I don't it's been hard work. Laurie says to me sometimes, or oh, somebody else might want to start a swim school, and I say, Well, they can go for it, you know. They if they want to do that, that's I'm not gonna be begrudge somebody else wanting to try, but it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's rewarding, but it's been long hours and it's been hard work. But each day or each week we move through we find different systems that work better and I get educate the parents to use the family portal and you know just educating them how to contact us or how to notify non-attendance and all that sort of stuff helps the admin side of it a lot better and it's just my um whole simply swim booking program has yeah really been a godsend in cutting down a lot of admin time so yeah each day and each week I learn something new that helps me run this business better so that's all we need to try and do yeah that's right yep to be able to learn and then to be know how to put it in back into the business and to develop the business and Mm -hmm. those little small steps you make every day is what continues to be able to grow and service the business and and make it what it is yeah certainly good work well well done and thank you for coming on thanks katrina (laughs)